Good morning to all of you. Thank you for inviting me to this annual conference, which I'm very glad to note is being held in Madurai this year. I want to thank uh, Dr. Selva Vinayagam, who has organized this conference, who came to my office to invite me in person, and who was kind enough to suggest a few topics that I should cover today. But maybe I should start a bit uh, back in history and talk about some of the good things about public health in Tamil Nadu and some of the things we need to pay a bit of attention to, in my opinion. So the good things are, I think, um, because of the notion of inclusion, of social justice, of equitable access, of education as the basis for progress and for communal harmony. Tamil Nadu has excelled in the medical education field, even today, I think we have the most number of government medical college seats in the country. We have almost an overabundance of doctors, I would say, where our ratio of doctors to patients is better than the United States, better than most OECD countries, and is somewhere around uh, four is to every thousand, which is far greater than the national average. So these are all the good things. And yet, I would say, at some level, we have not yet achieved uh, best-in-class outcomes, whether it's infant mortality, whether it's maternal mortality, whether it's the speed with which we dealt with the COVID pandemic or the vaccinations. Smaller states like Kerala uh, did better than us in some ways. As uh, the director mentioned, I used to have a different portfolio. And when I was in that portfolio, uh, I remarked multiple times that after education, the greatest spending in the state of Tamil Nadu was for the health department. Uh, again, I would say we have many good things to show for it. Relatively speaking, we have a uh, good primary health network, relatively good rural coverage, relatively good urban health centers. Uh, but we had a lot of room to improve. On the positive side, again, I would say that during the COVID pandemic, we discovered that we had a certain resilience and the ability to leverage the existing resources we had better than most people. And some of you may have seen the Lancet study that was published by our overseer, Dr. Chandramohan, that in Madurai, we took a bunch of really sophisticated, politically sophisticated uh, initiatives my fellow minister, Tirumurthy, and I, we discovered where the bottlenecks in the system were. And I want to use this as a case study for how administration is as much of the battle as anything else. So we discovered there were two, three weaknesses in the system. The first was that there was serious overcrowding in the GH. Uh, the GH had become the magnet for everybody with symptoms. And so all of them used to come and we were creating uh, epicenter of infection at the GH itself. Second, because of the kind of community we have, where if somebody gets sick, the whole family rallies around them. When one sick person was coming, they were being accompanied by two, three, four people. And so we were bringing this multiple um, kind of uh, risk factors all together uh, because of the big crowd. The second problem we had was that the time taken for a sample to be validated and given a result 
was running anywhere between 18 and 24 hours. And the third problem we had was that by the time the results went, we were getting people aggregating out of precaution and having a serious spread risk again. Of course, we had a lot of issues with oxygen, but uh, I won't get into that right now because we had the wonderful help of somebody uh, very close in Orissa and we were able to, uh, at the last minute, start getting a daily supply of 80 metric tons sent by train. We were able to avert a lot of the problems that came from the union government cancelling all cross-border oxygen contracts overnight. But the interventions we did beyond that, the two major interventions I would say is with the help of my colleague, we used the local self-help groups, about 4,000 women in the villages, without waiting for people to come to the primary health center or the GH with symptoms. We went, uh, we had these volunteers go and check for people with symptoms house by house, door by door. And when they found people with symptoms, we set up 10-bed, 5-bed facilities in every panchayat with just oxygen, nothing else, a nurse and oxygen, and medication where we had medication. And we had these people shifted to those places, and we greatly reduced the number of people coming to the GH. We also actively discouraged families from coming, and we started providing free food at the GH to those who came with symptoms or those who came for treatment. And so they didn't have to have somebody else come with them to help them get food or to eat or so forth. And then the other thing we did was we discovered that the reason the tests were taking so long was not that we had too few test centers, but all of the samples were getting batched and coming at one time in the day. And at that time in the day, the actual test processing machines were too few. So we had enough centers, but we had all tests coming at the same time and we had too few machines. So with a bunch of CSR funding, we actually increased the number of machines threefold. Same number of centers, but in each center we now had three test machines. And we changed the frequency at which samples would be collected and brought to the testing centers. And we were able to bring that um, processing time down from 18, 24 hours down to about six hours. In the sample collection and the test result, uh, we were able to really isolate those people who were really sick and not have people who were sick, not know they were sick or infected and bring uh, spread to others. Anyway, long story short, because of all these measures and a few more that I won't uh, bother you with the details here, Madurai had the unique distinction of the peak rate going from 1,300 cases a day down to less than 150 cases a day in under three weeks. Nowhere else in Tamil Nadu did we achieve that kind of effort. And why I bring that up is to say that as much of public health is about administration, organization, and uh, efficiency of processes, as it is about the quality of medical care and the quality of doctors or medication. And this is a theme that I had actually uh, reiterated multiple times when I was finance minister. And I made three requests to the health department at that time. I said, number one, every GH is like going to a place more complicated than Disney World. Right? We have no idea which building is for what. There are tens of acres. Uh, if some poor person comes and doesn't know where to get treatment for what, 
it requires a real expert or in the case of bad scenarios, doubts, who will facilitate things like where should you go for, to have your eyes checked, where should you go if you need uh, preliminary uh, testing for sugar. So I urge them to look all over the world, come up for a standard design. How should you lay out a big facility like the Madurai GH, I think is about 20 something acres and hundreds of buildings. We keep on getting grants, we keep on building buildings and it keeps on getting more complex and it gets harder and harder to navigate for anybody. So number one I said, have a standardized design for tertiary centers that are the epicenters of every district where it is very clear what is where, how should you get there, increase the amount of signage, of, of maps, of, of uh, computer-based search systems, you know, it's so cheap now to get a screen, so that people can actually interpret and keep it all on the internet so they can check before they come to the hospital which building should I go to if I want to get treatment for my uh, wound. The second thing I said is that if we have an integrated system that starts from primary care all the way to coming to GH for, let's say, a uh, very complex surgery, we must have a patient information system that is seamless across all these levels of care. And um, you must be able to, without violating the privacy norms, have the patient's information from the village where they first went with the symptom to the specialist doctor at the uh, Chennai or Madurai GH, be able to pull this up on their computer and not have to expect the patient to either keep on reiterating their symptoms and their story or to carry all their test results and their documentation with them. And the third thing I said is we must have uh, what, what I now understand you call HMIS because it's been attempted and failed multiple times but what in most parts of the world, like the NHS or the US uh, medical system, would consider a good hospital administration and a healthcare system administration you know, platform. We don't know how many doctors are working at what place on what day. We don't know how many CT scans are actually functioning. We don't know how many x-rays are taken. We don't know whether the machine is uh, you know, at actual utility or it has been bought and not yet commissioned, is it actually uh, in service or in repair? So these kinds of things, unless we get right, I get uh, my perception, uh, I may be wrong, you're all in the field, is that as much as Tamil Nadu spends in its uh, health budget, we could be getting a lot better outcomes for this spending, were we to improve the administration better. And some of these will require this data, as many friends of mine uh, in the financial industry have pointed out and have shown me. If you look at both the UK system and the German system, state-funded healthcare improved dramatically when each unit was made its own P&L center, or rather each unit was made its own cost center because there's no profit. So in the NHS, they can tell how many heart surgeries are done in King's Hospital as opposed to Queen's Hospital? How much did it cost? How many surgeons were employed? What is the average waiting time? How many patients are seen? These kinds of statistics that we simply don't have. And we need these to really improve the effectiveness of our spending and ensure that we are 
allocating resources more efficiently to those places where the results are substantively better. Sometimes it's a question of distribution. So for example, in my MLA constituency, which is Madurai Central, one of the things I did when first encouraged by the COVID reallocation model in the MLA CDS, but I've continued that since, is to uh, set up radars, I mean Doppler and other scans in um, the primary health centers. So we have both uh, basic ones, 5 lakh, 8 lakh, and slightly sophisticated ones, 16 lakh, 20 lakh, in the primary health centers and secondary health centers around my constituency. And by the utilization of those, where I find 20, 30 people a day are getting scans, it really gives me the comfort that A, it is easier for them to reach a center close to them, B, it reduces the number of people coming to the GH and having to wait in line. And C, therefore, it increases the efficiency of throughput of how quickly people can get the information they need about the health of their baby or the you know, stage of their uh, progression of disease or whatever it is. So I think collectively, if I look at it purely from a financing of health perspective, the first thing we need to do is greatly improve the technology. I brought this up, as the director said, in the collector's conference with the chief minister there. I was assured by the new finance secretary that this is something they're going to focus on this year. It was certainly something I focused on a lot when I was finance minister. But also, I think we need to think about how we fund uh, this healthcare. Right now, 100% of it comes in allocations from the central budget. In many countries, uh, they make sure that taxes on products that lead to health problems, whether that's tobacco, whether that's alcohol, whether that's high sugar drinks, uh, some of these taxes are directly allocated so that there is a kind of causation and recovery relationship between those kinds of practices or, or goods that create the problems and uh, the health treatment that is required as a function of it. I think also, you know, depending on the situation, we learned during COVID, for example, that CSR was a great source of funding. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of oxygen concentrators, uh, other equipment, in fact, the test devices we got that I told you, we got 100% of that under CSR money rather than waiting for the state. And the great luxury of CSR money is that not only is it a financing option, but in many cases, the industrialists and the big corporates that have access to these funds also have access to supply routes and supply chains that the state doesn't have. We, when we built our in-house oxygen plants, many of them were because the industrialists were able to find and source the oxygen generators and the, and the compressors and the tanks faster than the state could do it. And if the state does it, we have to go through a whole tender process and we have to kind of uh, you know, delay things for the sake of showing transparency sometimes, which is very important. So I think overall, uh, if I was to just wrap up this theme, as well as we think the model of social inclusion and equitable access has worked for us in Tamil Nadu, at least relative to the Indian benchmark, we must improve a lot of things. We must improve the efficiency with which we spend money. We must improve the information available to help us make decisions and to allocate resources. And we must make it easier for the average citizen to access the resources that the state provides. And I have another example. 
Madurai GH has one of the better ophthalmological units that I have seen. In fact, it has really, really good services and there's usually capacity. What surprises me is that the utilization rate of the beds, at least the few months that I was looking at it when I was an opposition MLA, was probably 15%. So we have all this capacity and there are not enough patients who are coming. Is that because the patients don't exist and they don't need them? If so, we have built too much capacity. It was inefficient allocation of state resources. But in fact, that's not true because when we ran these camps, that is we ran the screenings at local areas within my constituency, every time we ran a camp, we found tens of cases that needed glasses and probably a dozen or a couple dozen cases that needed cataract surgery. And we were able to bring them. Then, of course, as an MLA, I made those arrangements for their transport, for their food, etc. And we were able to bring them and without any delay from the minute that they were detected that they needed the surgery to the minute that they got the surgery and went back was probably less than a week or 10 days. So we have that much capacity built up and available, but we don't really have the efficiency of resource utilization or even access or awareness that I think we need to really focus on. So I think overall, though this might not be the happiest message for many of you, those of you particularly in government service, uh, I would say as proud as we are of the health system and the health framework that we have and certainly of the medical education system in uh, Tamil Nadu and in particular in Madurai, many of you may know that my periapa, Dr. T. Subramaniam, was a professor of surgery for 20 plus years and trained many of the surgeons between Kanyakumari and here, going back a couple of generations. So as proud as we are of all those efforts and the pioneering work around the blood banks and around the waste management and incineration and all that, uh, we are at a crossroads in my opinion. We cannot continue to raise the rate of funding anywhere near what we have so far. The state's finances are in pretty bad duress. We are running very large structural deficits. And the pandemic taught us that uh, we need to be much more efficient and much more thoughtful with the administrative side. And if we look around the world, if we look at advanced economies like the US, like Australia, like Canada, like the UK, like Western Europe, the use of information technology, the ability to validate functionality, productivity, uh, to ensure that there's optimization of resources has yielded substantive improvements, both in the public sector and in the private sector. And I think it is the order of the day, particularly in the era of a pandemic, that uh, the state needs to focus a lot on this. Of course, the primary health centers continue to be the backbone. Prevention is far better than cure. We have started to do some work, especially around the Makkalai Thedi Marathuvam and the uh, you know, non-communicable diseases and lifestyle diseases medications. But again, I think uh, information uh, can be of great value and the ability to test or monitor or measure on a regular basis for patients who are not coming to the primary health centers but staying at their homes through the Makkalai Thedi Marathuvam teams can also yield great results. And uh, as I say, the lessons from around the world and the lessons from our time in the COVID pandemic are that efficient administration, 
proper design, structural optimization and alignment can give us great, great benefits in the utilization of the large resources we spend. I think we spend about 30 odd thousand crores a year, which we're happy to, but if we compare that to any large economy or advanced economy, it's not a great number. It's about one and a half percent of GDP or GSDP. Many large countries spend six, seven, eight, ten percent, and yet they focus on efficiency. At one and a half percent, our need to focus on efficiency and optimization is much, much, much higher. And so the message I would leave all of you today as you uh, think about these things is as important as scientific advances and research and uh, clinical progression and the sophistication of prognosis is uh, as a state, as a government health department, as uh, government administrators, we need to also think about a parallel improvement in efficiency that can greatly improve the scale of our reach and uh, the size of our impact. Thank you very much for the time and I hope you have a wonderful conference.